Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Eamon Quinn in the Irish Examiner writes that the future of Auk Inish has been thrown back into doubt on a report the White House is mulling potential sanctions on Russian companies dealing in aluminium, including the giant Russal International, which ultimately owns the huge smelter in the Shannon Estuary. Okinish is so far so far escaped getting tied up in U.S. sanctions on Russian companies over the Ukraine war, despite its ultimate ownership by Moscow-based international metals firm Rusal. Because aluminium is used widely in the manufacture of cars and buildings around the world, Okinish is the one manufacturing site on Irish soil whose workers potentially have the most to lose from the sanctions regime and soaring energy costs since Russia invaded Ukraine in February. Russell's operations employ 59,500 people in Russia, Ukraine, Guinea, Jamaica, Italy and Sweden and many other locations. The county Limerick smelter has become embroiled in the sanctions regime targeting Russia because of Russell's Russian ownership and its links to the oligarch Oleg Deripaska, who once controlled Russell outright. Gabia Gatavekaita in the Irish Independent reports that on board Planol it has paid out more than a million euro in fines to developers because of a backlog in processing applications for developments. The board, which is undergoing major reform, has been forced to hand out 1.05 million euro this year due to delays in processing their strategic housing development applications. It said it made uh, 105 payments of 10,000 euro to 84 developers this year. If ABP takes more than 16 weeks to make a decision on a strategic housing development application, it is liable for a €10,000 fine. For comparison, a total of of just €10,000 was paid to a single developer last year. There is currently a backlog of cases on hand, which means some cases are not being dealt with within the statutory objective period, an uh, onboard Planola spokesperson said. Paul Hyde, the body's former deputy chairman, is facing criminal prosecution after a, rev- a review was commissioned following allegations of his having a role in decisions in planning cases involving people, places or projects in which he had connections he failed to disclose. And the Irish Examiner also reports that Pepco owner, the European discount retailer brands Pepco, Poundlands and Deals here in Ireland, said it would accelerate its store opening programme with demand for its products remaining strong amid economic uncertainty. The group, which is listed on the Warsaw stock market last year, said it was aiming to open at least a net 550 stores in its 22-23 financial year, including taking the Pepco brand into Greece and Portugal. It opened a net 516 stores last year and currently trades from 3,961 stores. We are accelerating our strategy in order to capitalise on the opportunities available to us in these volatile market conditions, said the Chief Executive Trevor Masters. The group has long-term ambition to reach 20,000 stores worldwide. Now, the time is coming up to 6.35. The EU's stated goal is to create 100 smart and carbon-neutral cities in Europe by 2030. Among those cities are Cork and Dublin. But making ancient towns connected and carbon-neutral is a big task uh, in less than eight years. And there's a row brewing between the telecoms giants and the big tech firms about who will pay for all this extra connectivity. Well, one of the biggest telcos out there is Vodafone, and Liam O'Brien is the chair of the Vodafone Ireland Foundation and is with me in the studio. Good morning, Liam. Uh, good morning, Joe. Good to be here. 
Can you tell us what is a smart city? Yeah, so I suppose in some ways, Joe, if you think about it like a smart home, I think we're used to the idea of you know connecting all of our appliances, maybe our heating systems or electrical systems and like our home security systems mm. to make the home more efficient and more effective. I think a smart city is something similar. I think using technology and connectivity, we can connect to different types of city infrastructure, you know, whether that's things like um, traffic light systems, waste management systems, uh, electrical systems and the like, to make the city more livable, more efficient and more effective. OK, well, let's, let's break down some of that stuff because I find it really interesting. Mm. You're talking about putting chips uh, uh, in bins to tell the rubbish collection people that they're full or that they're empty. Yeah, well, you know, so we, we talked about for many years the Internet of Things and this is really it coming to life. So, for example, even here in, in Ireland, we've deployed over 4,000 sensors in the uh, leakage sensors in the water distribution systems. We've over 3,000 sensors deployed as well in, in other types of uh, smart um, sort of uh, waste management systems to tell when there is an issue. So in that mm. way, you, you, you can get ahead of the curve. So rather than having to, for example, you know, visit and, and empty bins uh, randomly, you can actually go to the bin when it's actually full. Um, and it makes everything more efficient and more effective, less truck rolls, less fuel, and we've seen, but this example, is all in the future. These these chips aren't in the bins yet. No, this is all there today. This is all there today. Um, so, so Dublin Corporation guys know when not to empty and when to empty these bins. Now, you mentioned traffic lights. Have you heard of the green wave where you can drive through a city if you go at a certain yeah. speed? Yeah. Irish traffic trams are nuts because there's too many traffic lights and they're not talking to each other. Well, I think, this, I think that's one example. And we have definitely seen um, deployments in certain cities in Seville in Spain, for example. And in Dusseldorf in Germany, 30 years ago, you could go from the south side of the city to the north side of the city without touching the brake. Yeah, no, but in some ways, though, those systems weren't, weren't as intelligent. It was just, a, as you said, based on a particular speed of, of sort of movement through the cities. Mm. There's actually solutions now which can actually tell based on population movements within a city, based on traffic movements within the city itself. Mm-hmm actually to automate in real time the traffic light solutions to actually optimise to the real life conditions on the road as well. So the solutions are getting smarter and the technology is there today to do that. But it, it may be there but Dublin and Cork do, do not have it. Well listen I don't think that's, that, that's fair to say either. Dublin actually is doing very well in this regard. Dublin just recently was awarded a second prize in the European Capitals of Innovation uh, con- competition Were there only last two, year. Uh, only two nominees? <laughs> no, no there wasn't. Uh, they came joint second with Malaga. I think Dortmund was the city actually in Germany uh, that won that. But in Dublin there's been a smart city initiative for, for many years. Collaboration between industry academia um, and, and the civic society in Dublin and Cork also have a smart city uh, forum that's been in place for many years and actually in Ireland there is a smart city forum as well where the Irish cities collaborate and share best practice among themselves so in Ireland actually we are you know, doing quite well and punching above our weight I would say mm. The other uh, aspect of this is carbon neutral cities What mm-hmm. are carbon neutral cities? I have an idea but tell us well, I suppose to the point in particular of our report last uh, last week, we published a report on Fit for the Future Cities, which was looking at how you can use technology, um, particularly the sort of technology that we can provide to enable a greener, more livable, uh, cleaner city. Mm. And definitely we've seen solutions where you can reduce uh, carbon emissions by up to 20% by employing you know smart technology solutions, whether that's uh, to manage things like lighting or heating within buildings, managing transportation and fuel fuel solutions within a, within a transportation system, for example. Yeah, um, I mean, I was passing the, the, the Rotunda Hospital hospital and it's an old building from the 1800s and all the windows are still single glazed. Yeah, listen, there's definitely challenges in, in older cities like Dublin and older Georgian cities. And by definition, we, we want to protect the beauty of these cities as well. But it does produce extra challenges of getting access to infrastructure in the city, you know, access to what we would call street infrastructure to make sure you can deploy the technology in a way that's also sympathetic to the to the uh, sort of aesthetics of the city as well. So listen, it isn't just us involved in this. There's a whole ecosystem involved to collaborate on this. And actually, that's one of the challenges that comes out in the report mm. is that to make this really effective, it does require all 
like stakeholders to, to work together and collaborate on this uh, to make it effective and make it efficient. Now, when a lot of small companies hear our discussion about all this technology and all that, they kind of gulp because say, we're going to have to end up paying for this. We're going to have to change a lot of things. It's going to cost us a lot of money. Well, listen, there are solutions out there and I know there's providers out there, for example, who will offer some of these solutions um, on a sort of a zero cost basis. You know, we, we've seen deployments in our own building, for example, in Vodafone, where we replace all of our lightings with LED lighting systems. Mm-hmm. And the savings that you generate over the sort of 10 or 20 year of the lighting solution can actually be used but to pay for the installation to, in the first half. To be fair, Liam, a Vodafone is not a small or medium-sized enterprise. No, it's no, a giant player. It no, can afford to do these changes. No, well, true, but, but there are companies out there, actually, providers out there in the market who do this as a service and will deliver this as a service to companies like Vodafone, but also to other smaller businesses as well. And they specialise in these type of solutions. The other thing I mentioned at the, at the outset was a big row is brewing between you guys, the telcos, and the big tech companies, Facebook, Google, Twitter, whatever it is. Um, you guys want the big tech companies, fangs if they're called for some, to pay for some of this investment uh, because a lot of the traffic that you carry is from them. Well, listen, I'm not sure I'd call it, I'd call it a row necessarily, Joe. I well, think. that's what the FT calls it. <laughs> I think, you know, I think we're, we're, we obviously, we, we collaborate and we're partners in many ways. But I've, I've been in this business for 30 years. And, you know, when I started in the sector, all we did was phones and, phone calls and texts, right? Mm-hmm. And in, the la- in the last 10, 20 years in particular, there's been a fundamental transformation mm-hmm. in the value chain in this sector. I don't think any of us would have anticipated, actually, the sort of, you know, extent to which telecommunications underpins all aspects of society. Yeah. You know, communications, education, transportation, things like we just talked about in smart cities. And in that last 10 or 12 years, we've seen a 7,500% growth in traffic on our networks. Wow. And at the same time, mainly to do with European regulatory and policy frameworks, we've seen actually a net decline in pricing. So there's definitely an imbalance out there in the, in the ecosystem. I think that's what we're saying. And it isn't just me saying this, actually. You know, the European Commission have recognised this as well and actually are planning to have a consultation on this next year. So there's definitely an imbalance that needs to be addressed. And I'm not sure what the solution is. And I wouldn't say it's around necessarily. I think there is a solution. And I think Europe needs to find a solution to this if we want to remain effective, competitive and innovative into the future. Now, there'll be quite a few people out there with tiny Stradivariuses uh, when a, a giant company such as Vodafone, but all the other ones, worried about uh, the, the big tech companies should pay for all these things. You guys made a lot of money in the 1990s, a lot of money in the 2000s, maybe a bit less now, but you still should have stored up some of that cash. Well, listen, it's, we make long-term investments. That's right. We've been in Ireland for over 21 years. We plan to be here for the next 21 years. Mm. Um, and the investments we make are, are not you know, giving a return in one or two or three years. Our, our payback periods are typically five to 10 years or more. Mm. So it's a very capital-intensive industry. And actually, in Europe, currently, we're collectively probably investing about 40 billion a year to keep pace with the, the traffic growth that's happening in the, in, in the, on the networks. Mm. But the reality is the cost of cap or the, the return on capital uh, to get technical is actually below the cost of capital. So as a sector in Europe, we're not making a return. Say that again, the cost of capital? The, the return on capital in the sector in Europe is below the cost of capital. Okay. So effectively, the, the sector in Europe isn't making a return on investments. Now, I, as, you, as you rightly point out, the sector is here for the long term and we do expect and hope that those returns will come back into the future. And part of that is actually to have these sort of conversations with, with the big tech players to make sure that there is a fair contribution made from them to the investments in the sector well, as well. I can hear them squealing already at the idea of it being a type of tax on, on, on their business, but that's another discussion that we'll have. Liam, thank you very much for coming in. Uh, there's Liam O'Brien, the chair of the Vodafone Ireland Foundation. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.